listening to the Nutmeg Arena by the Nutmeg Assist. Welcome to this week's TNA podcast. Myself Fritvik, the host of the show and I'm joined by my co-host Chris. Welcome Chris. Thank you. Yeah, how's how, how's it going in England right there? Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> I was going to crack a joke down before, but not. <laughs> uh, no, <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh, it's going okay. Uh, things are on the up, apparently, but just to have to see uh, see what happens over the next couple of months. Hopefully, we can we can get out there, get rid of this pandemic, and get back to normal. But I suppose it depends on the people themselves as well on how they behave yep. over the next couple of months. Yep, the 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 world is finally, you know, uh, I mean, we're not there yet, but. there are signs that we will be probably sometime early next year i guess if things go well and i mean or, or, or i mean the, the whole world probably or the most part of the world uh, some countries might be might might be working properly you know living normal yeah. life uh, probably sometime this year but yeah all for the good all for the good i hope it's it moves much faster and you know people people get some some of some of the normal stuff back Yeah, well, I mean, they've got, they've they've put twenty first of June as a date over here in England, right. as to be sort of like everyone seems to think that's going to be the day or the weekend or the, that period of time where where we get back to not complete normality. Uh, so, I mean, fingers crossed, but it's it's still quite far away. There's, uh, there's a lot that could happen between now and then. So, hopefully. Hopefully we can get it going by then, and um, that would mean the football season for next season should be back to normal. Should be yeah. like fans allowed back come August, if the government is saying that England could be COVID-free come the end of June. But let's see. Fingers crossed. Yeah, I mean that yeah. that would be that would be absolutely great having fans back. But talking about fans, and it actually leads us to the first topic or the. the first thing that that we're going to discuss today in this episode barca gate and how it has impacted football club barcelona again barcelona you asked listeners i mean this club doesn't get out of the media for all the bad reasons every single week you have something or the other surrounding this club or the players of this club I mean for the last one and a half two years this club has completely dominated media I think uh, I think the media houses might be getting record clicks in the last two years especially from Barcelona fans right Chris <laughs> Yeah I mean well you've said it perfectly there I mean I just don't where where do you start with the club at the minute yeah. I mean the I think the biggest insults I could give them or the biggest um Yeah, the 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 biggest thing about it, and the most shocking thing about it, is the fact that when I heard the news yesterday, I wasn't surprised at all. Normally, something of this magnitude would be cause shockwaves, wouldn't it, throughout Europe exactly. and throughout for for throughout the media. But I I don't if anyone if anyone can sit in a in a room or over a podcast like ourselves and how I, I don't think anyone is surprised at all, and that and that's the most. That's the most shocking thing. Yeah, and I mean, I even saw some Barcelona fans smirking of people who I know personally because they were properly against uh, Josep Bartomeu. But explaining Barca Gate to the listeners first, giving you yeah. uh, you know a small outline of what the stuff is. 
So Barcelona actually hired a social media monitoring company who had set up a lot of bots and you know fake accounts or uh, what you call sock accounts basically uh, on Twitter, Facebook and other social media platforms to attack op- the opposition leaders for the presidential elections the opposition yeah. to Bartomeu and also and it, this this was actually a, a, a very big big news of quite a few months back they even attacked certain players including Messi Messi's wife Gerard Pique I guess Luis Suarez was also there and they actually did a proper pr drive for bartomeu as well so yeah we all, we all, we all knew what happened we all knew who was behind it but the most important thing was actually there were few media outlets like mundo deportivo who were siding with the board and i mean there was actually no reason no i mean no reason to actually you know blame the players because the fans were doing it themselves as barcelona were going through a rough patch so and they they also had the sporting director then sporting director erika bidal probably making a public statement about messi which again went into a lot of dirty stuff so they actually didn't have to make an attempt to go against the players they even had a go against xavi laporta uh, even pep guardiola as well yeah. but the, the, the all the, the con- controversy or why is it so important or why is it so you know uh, a case worth you know uh, visiting because they actually paid this organization which is uh, rumored to be i3 ventures because a lot of small small companies who got this payments from barcelona were actually affiliated to this company called i3 ventures but yeah. somehow bartomeu and co you know managed to structure payments so that it doesn't come under internal audits so the uh, price water coopers who who you all might know a big big company auditing company as well so they actually had an audit on this issue and they actually cleared barcelona so they said that there was nothing but yesterday happened and you all knew what actually happened and you all saw what exactly happened as well so this is actually an outline of the whole thing called barca gate and chris I mean we've talked about what a mess this is but since Bartomeu has stepped up do you think again this might have a huge implication on what happens on the pitch I mean that would be hard to say uh, it'd be hard to say in the short term what we'll say is Barcelona on the on the field looked like they were just about getting things together I think over or since the turn of the year uh Cuban seems to be settled on a bit more for uh has a bit more of a settled formation, a bit more of a settled... He seems to know what his strongest 11 is. That's obviously aside the Champions League tie against PSG. Uh, but to answer the question in the long term, I mean, I, there's two ways of looking at this. I mean, you would, hope, you, you would hope that this now coming to light and this happening in the magnitude that it has and the fact that arrests have been made. It's not just been highlighted in the media to sort of, oh, it's going to get investigated and actual arrests have been made. So this is serious now. But you would hope in the long term, given the fact that the presidential election, I think, is next week. I think it's this time next week. I'm not sure if it's the, I think it's the 8th of March, the presidential election, that this could be now the line that they need to, like, sort of draw over uh, the the, the Bartomeu reign. The fact that, 
he's not been vindicated, but the fact that it's been publicised in the manner that it has, and the whole world knows of exactly what has been going on and how it's been going on, that this now they can start making they can they can start making plans for the long term. The short term effect, again, given the fact that it's been publicised now, and I, I actually think it could have a positive effect in the short term as well. And I hope, maybe I'm speaking more of a hope there than what I actually know, but from what I've read between the lines, over the last sort of six months, this contract issue with Lionel Messi is, and I think you'll probably agree with me, people, aren't, people fans such as ourselves, haven't known the amount of detail of exactly what's been going on with this contract issue. We don't know whether it's Messi trying to play up and trying to try and be clever. Uh, we don't know whether he's been sort of causing a few issues himself over the last sort of six to 12 months with some of the some of the public interviews that he has that he has done but this now this 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 sort of makes it it this proves that it wasn't him this proves not not that he's right to be doing to be haggling over the contract and sort of making them wait but this proves that everything that he's been, he has been saying and this goes right back to probably when Inesso Valverde they got sacked. For me, that was sort of like the, the start of the downfall uh, for this Barcelona team, um, not both off the pitch and on the pitch. This proves that everything that, is, that, that, that he's been saying is, is actually correct and that the board have just been a complete and utter shambles and they've been a mess. And, and let's, let, let's label it. It's corruption, isn't it? Let's label it for what it is. It's corruption. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I went, I, I went round. Thoughts. Yeah, I went round. I went round the houses a little bit there, but it's it. It is what it is. Again, I, I, I don't. Can it get any worse? When you, when you when you're asking the question, can what impact can this now have on on the club going forward? I'm saying that in the long term and the short term, it, it could be a really positive thing, but at the same time, it has to be a positive tip, positive thing. Was they, surely this call can get, cannot get any worse than what it is now, can it? Can it get worse? How? I'd be interested to know how. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, I, I mean, when, when a club actually enters a crisis, I mean, yes, most of them is most most of the reason is I mean, accountable to the club itself, probably the manager, the players, the board, and stuff. But it actually gets amplified more and more by the media. So the external forces actually amplify these issues. But you look at Barcelona, the amplification doesn't come from the external houses. The yeah. amplification comes inside, within the club, yeah. the fans, and also certain influential people within the club. I mean, you saw what happened a few weeks back, right? Messi's contract leaked, which actually brought in a lot of attention. And that was leaked by yeah. an internal influential member. I mean, I, I, I don't know who that member is. I don't know if anyone knows who, who the correct person is. Uh, I've heard Messi say that he knows, he, he has an idea, I, I guess, who, who, who that guy is. But I mean, that was, again, another historical blunder. I don't know what the motive yeah. behind that was. It, it It's basically, you know, there is actually a meme where, you know, a guy, uh, there's actually a cartoon character seeing an arrow go above him and he actually takes that arrow and, you know, pumps it up his back. So it, it, it's basically, you know, that meme right here. So yeah. they're, they're, they're actually putting it all on themselves. So I don't know if it can get any worse. I mean, I mean the way the way the cycle has been going, 
uh, you know look at the chron- chronology as well it's it's going back to worse than worse i don't know if there's any standard after you know worse yeah. worse so i mean this is football club barcelona so yeah i i don't think we can say this and one more question chris Bartomeu yeah, is actually Bartomeu isn't actually the first person to get the arrest uh, <laughs> uh Sandro Rosell just before him had the yeah. same situation although it was you know due to money laundering while his time before Barcelona with you know, the yeah, Brazilian federation yeah, yeah. the Brazilian federation and stuff where he actually uh, took some irregular payments and stuff so <laughs> Barcelona football club i mean they have a history of these things go going so this is not new i guess chris but for the next president coming in this is my question chris for the next president coming into the club how important do you think is to first set a standard himself yeah i mean it's vital just to sort of to make that step to move on isn't it so um so i'll go in i'll go into i'll answer that in a bit more detail now i just want to touch on a point that you made there you're talking about a club here that sort of what 10 years ago maybe maybe just a bit more a bit a bit less this club just towards the end of Laporta's what will be first reign this club was like the benchmark of european football or the ben- the benchmark of world football this was people were looking at barcelona as the club that's the template on how a club should be run given the uh, given the the effect that La Masia has on him uh, bringing players up and the way they introduce the players from the academy uh, and how they like to employ coaches that know the club who have a certain philosophy it, it, i mean i'll give you an, a for a, i'll give you a perfect example is when uh, Fran Soriano left to go to Manchester City as the chief executive uh, to become chief executive of Manchester City from Barcelona they actually the template that Manchester City used was copied from Barcelona so i mean and then when when you consider that and then look at where they are now considering that yeah Sandro Rossell since he got hold of the club and now finishing with Barcelona you're talking one of the big it's got to be one of the the biggest declines of any kind of any professional football club i think in european football um obviously given its stature then it won't i shouldn't imagine that it will take they will be able to recover from it thankfully but that that's just it, it's shocking that, that every time you read an article you learn something new about this club and over the 10 years and it's just uh, it's hard to put into words uh the, the mess that it is now going going back onto your your, your question about the the, the new president I think it will I I'm not sure about you referring I'm not sure will will we'll, I'll ask you the same question in a minute uh, but I I think Laporta will win this I I really do and I think given how successful uh, his first reign was I think there'll be a clamor for, for, for his uh, appointment as well but in terms of the mo- uh, moving moving the club on positively I think one of the first things he needs to do is he'll need to decide whether Ronald Koeman is going to stay on beyond the end of this season and if he's not i think uh, that successor ha- that, that that appointment has to be swift and quick it that it can't be the new guy gets appointed next week uh, and then it drags on and then there's rumors all summer and throughout the end of the season because Barcelona like i said before i've actually got 
they've actually got something to play for now. We 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 spoke, I think, back in October on how well Atletico Madrid were doing, and we did, I, I think I I wrote Barcelona out of the title race. Then, if you look at if you look at the league table now, there's still there's still a chance. I think they should. They'll probably they will probably go out the Champions League. I, I can't see them repeating. Uh, Repeating what happened to PSG back in 2017, I think it was, uh, or 16. But th- th- this season's not over. So the presidential election next week, when that comes into play and the new guy does get appointed, I think what ha- needs to happen there is it needs to be a clear indication of and a clear message throughout the club as to what will happen for the, ne- the first six months of his reign. But it is Barcelona, so you never know. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I mean, you you asked me about who I think would probably be the candidate, right? So, I mean, I I would say I would actually prefer, I would actually prefer to see Laporta again uh, as the president because I think he is probably the better candidate out of all. But Victor Font also seemed to be very vocal, and I mean, you can't probably rule him out as well. But I would actually prefer to see Laporta rather than Font. Yeah. Because, again, I think Font is probably a volatile character. Yeah, I mean, I suppose it, in one sense, obviously, I think, but obviously fans of Barcelona and, and the media themselves will need to realise this is a completely different club to what, he's, uh, to what it was 15 years ago, 10 years ago, 12 years ago. Uh, it will, He's not going to be able to get them up to that level uh, that that great team hits. Well, not immediately, anyway. It's gonna. This is gonna take some building here because of the problems off the pitch. So um, I think there needs to be a clear football strategy put in place for the club. I think that's. I think that's essential uh, because I mean we've touched on mainly uh, the corruption elements and and the uh, and the Barcelona elements on this podcast, but. Even from just speaking about the football, from a football point of view, the club has been poorly run in terms of transfers, uh, the money spent on transfers, the wages. I mean, we talk about there's been a lot made about Lionel Messi's contract <laughs> since uh, since that uh, since that leak, so to speak. But look at the money that they've spent on other players and the wages that they've spent on other players is just. I mean, at least, at least with Messi, you can you can label him possibly the greatest player ever. Certainly, the greatest place where um, to bear a Barcelona shirt, but the, the, some of the money that they've and some of the transfer dealings that they've done for for so-called lesser players or players on big reputations who have just not come, it's just not worked out. Um, it, it, it's it's quite it's quite amusing, really. <laughs> it's like a game of football manager. It's like someone just sat behind the computer, just trying, trying whatever they want to try and achieve. I don't know what they wanted to achieve with some of those signs. So, a football strategy needs to be put in place straight away. Uh, a manager needs to be identified if they're not going to go with Ronald Koeman, which I don't think they will. But it it, it has improved a lot over the last three months, uh, especially domestically. Even though I do think they will fall short uh, of winning the league, and yeah, and they need to. And they need to get the, they need to get the financial house in order. I, I don't know how they're going to do it, but I'm sure they will somehow, as Barcelona and Real Madrid always find a way. Yeah, and I mean you you put that uh, very aptly. And to end this, I'll just probably uh, no say uh, a few words. 
no ethics no money but full of negative vibes this is how barcelona is right now so yeah that that probably probably i know i think probably gives a decent description of how the club situation is right now so moving on from that big issue to another highly talked issue in english football the refereeing especially this season i mean this has been this is something that that has been criticized uh, i guess from the even from the late 90s if i'm not wrong every season you will have uh, people criticizing the referees but the last 2 3 years has been pretty much more vocal especially the last 2 years since the inception of video assistant referee the var the decisions yeah. seem to be completely confusing the rules of the game even seem confusing to us you see the referee being i mean i i don't know how, how to label this level of inconsistency i don't know if there's any word to label this kind of inconsistent refereeing and this yeah. is actually again a question from one, our patron dita what do you think about the standard of refereeing i think it's at a shambles i think this is at a shambles right now um chris probably I'll, i'll just start with you before briefing on some of yeah. the key incidents which i think probably you know adds to adds to all this controversy but what do you think of this refereeing standards in the premier league right now yeah i mean the referee i mean it's been on the climb for a while i think okay it's only come to maybe it, it's, it's probably got worse this year because of the or worse since the VAR, VAR introduction uh, but I'll, I'll get to that in a minute but I think it's been on the climb now probably I'd say been getting slowly getting worse for about maybe I don't know a good three, three four maybe five seasons I think uh, obviously this year it's been highlighted uh, just because of how I suppose how frequent the games are as well uh, I'm certainly not going to stick up for any referees but what one thing does need pointing out is I'm sure you'd agree and I think I put this on Twitter and I might even have sp- uh, spoke to yourself last week about this uh, before and after the podcast is that I think we, we all agree that the standard of football in the Premier League this year has diminished because of how frequent the games are okay so I don't know why people are so surprised that the refereeing standard has diminished as well because they they the referee the, each individual referee is refereeing maybe two or three games a week or two at least so they they still have to run around for 90 minutes and they still have to be fit they just they have to run around just as much as a footballer so they they are allowed to be tired and a bit men- mentally drained as well which will have a, a knock on effect uh, on performance so i don't know why people are so shocked by it and again yeah and i think the introduction of var has only highlighted the issue because again VAR can only be ever work can't work until the human that operates knows how to do the job and i think it that's just become a bit more apparent this season that the lack of or the, the massive difference between the players opinion on football and the referees opinion of the rules of football So w- when you take that then two points into context then yeah there's only one thing that can happen and that is bad decisions and a, a, a massive difference in opinion but I I I I mean we've touched on it a few a few times on different podcasts uh, this season with Rick I mean I don't 
it's getting a bit boring, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Just talking about referees and talking about bad decisions and it's hard not to because they're happening that much. But it's just, what next? Like, do you know what I mean? It's just like, what? I, I, I don't know if, if I'd say I'm worried for the game. I don't know if that would be a bit more, a bit a bit, bit of an overreaction, but I don't see how they can get it back. I really don't. I don't, I don't know what, everyone's interpretation is different now, but I think now, I... Can you honestly say that you know what the rules of football are anymore? Absolutely not. Absolutely yeah, not. I, 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 I don't. I don't know what constitutes a foul anymore. I, I really don't. Do you know what I mean? We, yeah. we we've talked on WhatsApp groups and things like that, and we've had debates. When VAR, and I know it's not all VAR because obviously Lee Mason, Lee Mason made a bad mistake last week. I I said on Twitter I felt sorry for him because that was just from a human perspective. That weren't like. That way to try and shy away, try and devoid, try and say it weren't that bad of a decision. It was a, it was bad what happened. I just, I just, I just felt the human. I just felt for, for from a human perspective, uh, if you know what I mean. But again, it's the the lack of understanding of VR never helps. But I mean, I, again, I I go back to to what I just said. I mean. There's so many different interpretations now of what a foul is. I thought I I thought in the long term VAR would help, but again I I don't know what they're looking at. I really don't, and that comes down to the person in the VI in in the room or in the coach or whatever it is they sit in to analyse this. I I don't know. I, we we I don't know what a foul is. I think that's the best way of explaining it. I don't know what a foul is anymore. <laughs> I don't know what is in a foul. I, 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 it's like we we need to hear why they're giving decisions now. I think it, I think that is one bit that needs to co- come of all this. We need to know because, and again, so, uh, so, sorry for uh, cutting you off there. We could be having a debate now. We could see a tackle now, now, and obviously we could have a difference of opinion. Okay, yeah, yeah. right, and that's fine. But I, I'd get to you. You would know at the end of the discussion what my opinion is. And I would know what your opinion is, so it would at least go. At least then I could go. All oh, right, yeah, I, can, I understand what you're saying that there. I might not agree with you, but I can understand where you're coming from. Do you know what I mean? And you, and you get to know where I where I'm coming from because we've had a discussion. So that way, when when we say re, we review another file <laughs> next week or whatever, and we can say, all oh, right, well, we're not looking for a consistency, but I can see what your point of view is. Yeah. 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 But there's just there's, we're not getting anything now, and the players it's causing confusion not only from the players and the management, but the fans as well. Media, I, I don't think anyone knows what's going on. Yeah, I mean this week uh, you, you mentioned the Lee Mason incident in the Brighton game, and Louis Dunk was pretty much vocal about it. I don't know if if you'll get fined. A similar incident in the Chelsea Manchester United game, another big big game. Where Stuart, yeah. Stuart At- Atwell, you know, even went to look at the monitor, and he said that was not a handball from Callum Hudson or Roy. Um, when I saw that again and again, initially when I saw it, I thought it was Mason Greenwood's. It hit, it hit Mason Greenwood's hand first, but apparently it wasn't. I've seen that given way more often this season yeah. than being ignored. But Stuart Atwell decided, okay. This probably might not be deliberate, so he probably went and looked at the intent. But how many times this season have has a referee actually even considered intent as a factor before awarding a penalty? No, I I wouldn't say not probably not more than probably three four times I guess. 
yeah uh, other than it being probably in close range so this is not not uh, not a matter of proximity in any sense because there was yeah. a lot of time and his hand was not in natural position either so another controversial decision there and you talked about the rules being not transparent anymore i mean i i, I want to come come to discussing about the pgmol the refereeing body in the premier league but i'll, I'll come to that yeah. but before that we saw an incident in the manchester city aston villa game quite a while back john moss the referee and the madly was yeah. the arf so so manchester city actually made use of a loophole in the offside rule to score a, to get a score a goal and yeah. dean smith was furious after 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 the game he was absolutely ranting yeah. in the media tyron mings came out and so on social media and said that he was completely disappointed and he doesn't know what the rules are anymore so it's 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 not just a case of the fans not knowing what the rules are it's it's even down to the players not knowing what what is exactly happening so yeah. when i mean it it's 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 still a bit okay when you have when you have fans who don't understand it completely because they they, they are not the people playing out there on the pitch but if you have the players and the managers confused who who don't know the rules anymore who are not sure what is a handball who are not sure what is not a handball who's who are sure what is an offside what's not an offside what's a foul what's not a foul uh, i mean what kind of tackles are allowed what's not allowed when you when when the players actually start getting confused with things like that that actually spells massive 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 trouble And, yeah. and 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 a big big and that's like you said it's it's a massive threat to the game yeah like I said and if they're not careful it, i mean it's only it's only going to get worse i mean what what's going to take for people to they need to get they need to get their arms around this thing and sort of bring it to light i mean don't get me wrong they could come out with a uh, they could come out with some kind of rewrite of the rules and tell us what's what you're never going to get any, everyone agreeing but that's okay football football football's that type of game you're never going to get everyone I'm it's about opinions and interpretation so you're never going to get a total 100% everyone know everyone agrees on the, on this point on why we're giving the giving the penalty but at least you'll know <laughs> at least you'll you'll know as a fan whether, whether whether you disagree with it or not at least you'll know what is a penalty and what isn't a penalty what is a handball what isn't a handball to me and that, and that's all we're asking for here. you 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 can't please everyone but we need to know now exactly. because again the only thing i was concerned about when var i was sort of a bit sort of one of those maybe it was old old school but i was sort of like the introduction of technology i, I was sort of against it I wasn't that bothered that it got brought in, but I was thinking I'm not really bothered if it doesn't get brought in either, because at the end of the day, it's only down to one person's interpretation of a rule, and that's the referees. You're never going to get both teams agreeing on a penalty because the team that's conceded the penalty is never ever going to want to admit that they've conceded the penalty. Uh, and obviously, I'm, I'm speaking more about penalties now, just because this is that this is the bugbear with me, like penalties. Um, Because offside is offside. I think we need to accept that. Do you know what I mean? I actually think it's been a good thing that it's been introduced for offside. Um, but again, when it got, when it comes down to penalties, now I, I I'm shocked at how many. I don't know. I it'd be it'd be nice to listen to your opinion on this. I, I'm I'm quite shocked at how many they seem to be getting wrong. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah. you, you talked about the offside there. I mean, 
yes it, it is actually fine but i have actually seen the lines drawn being quite different in different instances so that is again uh, probably a matter of concern i mean dale johnson from the espn i guess if i'm not sure he he actually posts on the var thing every yeah. week every week on twitter which is very very insightful and i mean i, I mean i even seen him actually say the in, i mean or spot the inconsistencies uh, in the way that they draw the lines but that's still that's still okay it's still fine Because yeah, that's just a matter of millimeters. Probably let yeah. let let's just park that aside. But yeah. regarding the penalties, I think I I don't think there's there's probably another league which is as inconsistent as the Premier League no. when it comes to no. awarding penalties. I mean, what are penalties anymore? I I I, yeah, I just don't but, understand. I just don't understand. I I think probably Arsenal might probably be the team who who are probably most hardened by this situations. uh i i don't know, i might be wrong but i i do feel that has probably been the case for quite a while i mean that again that brings me to pgmol i mean you saw the david lewis incident right uh, with where he was actually red carded for 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 an accidental trip behind on william jose and it yeah. was mike dean mike dean who was the referee he got a lot of uh, abuse for that which which we completely are not with it you shouldn't abuse anyone on social media yeah. or in real life it's completely wrong to do so it's completely you know it's probably the worst yeah. thing that that a person can do but that was a horrible decision uh, i i'm so horrible decision but it probably the justification for it was that it was probably mat- meeting the rules the same week uh, united manchester united beat southampton 9-0 yan bednar got sent off for probably yeah. quite similar foul on Anthony Martial it was a penalty Bednarek got sent off as well but guess what both teams appealed the Ian Bednarek thing red card was reversed while the David Lewis red card stayed so yeah. the PGMOL is not transparent they just do this i mean it was actually the FA the appeal was to the FA i guess but even when it comes to the PGMOL they they kind of bring in a lot of changes even for the handball rules but they are not completely transparent they are never completely transparent i mean you can see this for any issue as well i think uh 2 3 years back they sacked bobby madley who was a referee in the top division for for some derogatory remarks on social media for making a derogatory video on a disabled person but in 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 the official report they didn't even mention that they sacked him they didn't even mention the reason behind that they just mentioned that yeah. bobby madley stepped down but madley said that he was actually sacked so this 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 no transparency regarding anything no. beat the rules beat any internal changes so when a refereeing body which is supposed to be you know uh, the ones protecting the laws of the game the ones protecting the rules of the game not being transparent it's more or less like the government or the police being less transparent about a crime or a new law or anything it probably yeah. is analogous to that yeah i mean again i mean w- w- when you when you sent me the message for the agenda and i seen this pop up i thought oh my god to me i was i'd nearly sent you a message back saying change that because i don't want to speak about referees anymore to <laughs> me because it, it, it as you probably know it's a, it's a it's a, it's a hot topic that you um two people such as ourselves we could just go around in circles and talk about different things all day every day but i think to to underline the issue like we we've we've i think we've hit the nail on the head with the fact that we we honestly don't know what what constitutes a penalty anymore and what constitutes constitutes handball now i don't I, i think obviously we we can look at it from another way here as well i think as fans 
we can't we can't always we 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 always there's that saying and you always hear pundits say it where they go or all we all we ask for is consistency well that's a bit of a naive opinion or uh, a naive point of view in my view but you can't really have it consistent every week because a foul has got to be judged on both players positions both players placements of the feet the angle they're making the tackle that the angle that the the sort of the other player places his body before the foul to try and avoid the foul so you can never you can never have two fouls the same in my opinion so therefore you can't have consistency but what we we are getting to a point of view now that where we need to know for future reference and to go off in future games that is a foul because the A, B, and C, and we need to know the. We need to hear the referees say it. So whether someone has to come out from the referee's main sort of like like the, the main body it needs to come out and say right after every game or after time after every sort of like after every decision that seems to be creating a bit of a sort of frenzy, a media frenzy, and say it was a penalty because of this and this and this. Now that is the referee's opinion. I don't know about you, if it, but if I heard that, if it was an Everton game on on a Saturday, uh, or let's say, for example, yeah, we'll go back to the Maidstar derby because I know that that penalty decision seemed to cause a bit a bit of a debate. Um, I don't know why, but uh, now if the referee didn't give that penalty to Everton on on that day, right, and then you can't obviously you're going to have Ancelotti or you're going to have Klopp, they're going to have a difference of opinion. The fans are going to have a difference of opinion. But if they release a statement on Saturday evening, that day, for Sunday morning, and said it was a penalty because of A, B, C and D. Now, I might look at that and go, do you know what? Oh, I thought, after reading it, I'd, I'd sort of know. I, 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 would, I don't know. Obviously, as a fan of Mesa, Derby, Passion, got beat or Liverpool went up and equalised or whatever it was, we didn't get the penalty. At, at least I'd know the next day. Do, do, do you get what I mean? Do, 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 I'm, I'm sure, you, looking at it from the other point of view, if they come out after the Mesa, Derby and said... Well, we gave the penalty because of this, because of this, and because of this. So therefore, the referee had to give this penalty. You might go, all oh, right. Well, I didn't see it from that point of view, but at least you know the referee's been assertive in his decision and he's give it for what he feels is the right reason. That would be the first step I would make. Yeah. Obviously, yeah. Yeah. That would. And again, the same with the Man United game. The same with any other game that we've seen decisions given and not given for. If we started getting state, I'm not. I don't agree with the referees coming like Lewis Dunk said. The referees coming out and giving interviews after the game. I don't agree with that because they've got to then go home and be with the families and things like that. They would be then become a public figure, and I would imagine the amount of abuse that they got if they give a decision that a certain set of fans weren't happy with. They could be identified publicly, and. I'd, I've I've seen some of the abuse that referees get at an amateur level, which I think is disgraceful. I can't imagine some of the uh, the abuse that they would get publicly if they've just cost a, a team three points and they didn't win the league or they went down or they cost them a Champions League place or, a, God forbid, a trophy. So I don't agree with them that, but why not just release a statement? This is why we give it. Yeah. Because, yeah, because we felt that Trent Alexander-Arnold lifted his foot up with the intent of tripping Dominic Calvert-Lewin and therefore it would have prevented this, blah, blah, blah. Or we felt Dominic Calvert-Lewin fell over. He was already on the way to the ground, so therefore we didn't think he'd actually get. It. Do you know what I mean? Just something of that that nature, and then fans could read that. We could still carry on debating for the next five years, 
but at least we'd we'd have an idea as to why a decision is given and why it hasn't been given. And I think that's all we want. Yeah, I think that, that would be the, yep. the, the the first major step. And then obviously, then you, then then you've got a sort of then sort of getting more quality in, and sort of getting like, do you know what I mean? What like then you start sort of saying, well, how many of these decisions are getting sort of debatable now? And then we've got a sort of build from there. And I, that was that. Yeah. That's only the only idea that I thought of once you when you text me the agenda. I thought, right, well, sort of like, what, what would be the plan moving forward? Because I, I can only see it getting worse at the minute. Yeah, you 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 basically closed the lid on this uh, discussion with with that yeah. actually, with that actual explanation, which I definitely agree to. So I mean, before we just wind up, I mean, just to add to your point, which is absolutely on the nail, which is absolutely spot on in my opinion. Taking that Trent Alexander-Arnold and Dominic Calvert-Lewin case in the derby, I mean, my first yeah. in- instinct was yes, it was a penalty because yeah. Calvert-Lewin goes down. Then I see Calvert-Lewin hitting uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold's head, then going down. Then I see Trent Alexander-Arnold's leg going up. So I just had a more closer look again. So he he is going down before that. So I didn't know exactly the rules completely, but then I had to even yeah. search the internet. I had to go and see different people's views, and at the end, I came to the conclusion that okay, Alexander Arnold, even if it was unknowingly, based on the rules, it was an obstruction, clear goal scoring obstruction. It doesn't matter yeah. if Cal- Calvert Lewin goes down before, but if the yeah. referee didn't give it, give a penalty, saying citing that uh, Calvert Lewin was already going down by hitting his head, and probably that was not the rule, so that's why he didn't give the penalty. It was still yeah. fine by me. So yeah. even if it was a penalty, it was probably the correct decision there. But yeah. a little, a little bit more clarity, like you said, not from the referees, yeah. but but from the official body, from the government yeah. body, which is the PGMOL. You see, uh, McDermott actually come on uh, this Premier League halftime shows and full-time shows and give his opinion. Why yeah. not the PGMOL, you know, take take step and release a statement after every game? Release a small report, just a small report. Yeah. If if there's a controversial decision on why this was given, just take. Yeah. I mean, th- they actually take reports from the referee. So why not actually take uh, you know take 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 an instance or an opinion from the referee on why this was given and just publish it somewhere yeah. so that pe- people would at least know why it's happening. So that's actually a te- very terrific point, I would say, Chris, which you mentioned there, and I totally agree with that. So yeah, yeah that 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 actually brings us to the end of the show. I know, like you said, this probably could go endless. The talk about referees, but yeah, probably it's it's probably nice to end it here. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like I said, yeah, let's end end the referee discussion because, well, yeah, because at the time it is in India right now, and at the time it is in UK, <laughs> it's it's an all nighter. Trust me, it's an exactly, yeah. exactly, exactly. So, yes, that brings us to the end of this episode. Thank you once again to all our listeners for tuning in to the show. And I would, I'd li- also like to tell you guys that we are again back publishing articles on the website. You will probably see articles more frequently on our website. I know we've gone a bit quiet in that department over the last two, three months. Yeah. But sorry for that. But we've been quite busy. The team has been quite busy with all the personal stuff but we are getting it back together and probably we'll try to release articles more frequently so stay tuned watch our website 
and if you like our content and if you would like to you know, support us even more consider becoming a patron you will have more benefits you can even talk to our current patrons as well uh, one of them being deter uh, another one being paul and amaya as well three people who are our patrons right now so thank you to them as well special thank you to them as well so and finally before winding up as usual thank you for your time chris it's a pleasure speaking to you always uh now it's a pleasure thank you uh, thank you too and it's a pleasure speaking with you next time though let's not do let's not cover referees next time it's 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 it's, <laughs> it's depressing thinking about it just even uh, talking okay. about it's even worse I I I'm I'm probably going to even refrain talking about referees in WhatsApp groups. I've actually limited that right now. You you would actually observe me because I normally whine in in WhatsApp groups when decisions go against you know Liverpool or probably teams that I want to win. So you you would yeah. probably seen seen me go a bit quiet as well on in that department. So yes, yeah. even a guy like me who who whines about referees is finding this pretty much boring right now. So yeah and. Like we said until the next episode bye bye everyone take care Goodbye.